Hello, and welcome to another edition of Torah and Tequila with me, Rabbi Gadi Levi, as we venture into some insights with regards to Torah living and how to bring them into our own life. Hi, guys. I want to speak about a conversation that is not necessarily the most comfortable conversation, and it is inevitable that sooner or later we would have these conversations and have to talk about this idea. And um, we don't like to think about it, but sooner or later, uh, you and I will die. It's the one thing that is absolutely sure in life is that we will all one day die. And that death is is going to um, represent or it's going to give that opportunity of reflection of what we did with our lives. And most of the guys that are on this, uh, listening to my podcast, they're usually between the ages of 35, 40, and 60, I would say. And we are in that time period in in our lives where we're hustling, where we're working very hard, we're invested, we have, we're juggling balls with families, with our kids, with, with our work, with our job, putting in so much effort, hopefully to build a legacy, hopefully to build um, a successful retirement, to uh, create a place where we'll be able to be financially stable and hopefully be able to give. And our question is, whether we like it or not, if this is something that is inevitable, what are we doing about it? What do we want to see on our epitaph that would make our life worthwhile of having lived? Is it going to be that we made X amount of sales, made X amount of dollars, employed X amount of workers, paid X amount of taxes, invented X amount of inventions. No, 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 you go through any cemetery and that's, that doesn't exist. What really counts over there is the quality of life that we lived. The quality of life, what, what is our legacy? Our legacy is that, uh, that good that we did for this world, for ourselves, for our family, for those who cared about and those who most people don't care about. That's where legacy exists. What's the inspiration? What inspiration can we give or can we take for ourselves in order to influence that, to ensure that we take time to readjust our direction, our focus, to ensure that we're not completely off with regards to the way we live our life. So let's talk about this week's Torah portion. This week's Torah portion tells us about the importance of building the temple, building a sanctuary for God. The temple ultimately is a place where the Jewish nation are able to build a connection or relationship between us and God. And the Torah tells us the Asuli Mikdash, and they shall build for me a sanctuary, Vishahanti Betucham, and I will dwell within them. The Jewish nation have not had a sanctuary in over two thousand years. Initially, the first sanctuary that was built was built by Moses, 
when the Jews came out of out of Egypt, they were in the desert. There was a sanctuary that was built. It lasted about 400 years. And then King Solomon built the next sanctuary, which lasted another 400 years in the land of Israel. And then subsequently, Ezra the prophet built the second sanctuary or temple, which also lasted 400 years and was finally destroyed by the Romans. And for the next 2,300 years, we have not had a sanctuary. We have not had a temple. And if the Torah is so relevant to today's day and age, which it is, and that is something that God spoke, it's God's word, so that means it's going to have relevance to wherever we are, whenever in history we receive that message. What is this message of God wanting us to build a sanctuary and him dwelling within us? And our sages say, And you shall build for me a temple, a sanctuary. It's within each and every one of you. God wants us to build a sanctuary. What does that mean? It ultimately means to create a place, a place in time, a place in space, for us to be able to allow a sense of spirituality to develop within ourselves. It may be a little bit each day. It may be us, um, we may fill it by going to a synagogue once a week, if that is is a spiritual experience. It may be just us sitting and, and taking a bit of time to meditate. It's so important to find time to build that spiritual connection so that we are not living on autopilot, driven by the markets and driven by the social media, but we're driven by something deeply strong and spiritual within ourselves. And that is the first message that we get from this week's Torah portion. God commands us to build a sanctuary, and our sages say, build it within each of you. Find a place of building your own sanctuary. And God says, if you do that, if we do build that space, create that space, God says, I will dwell within you. He will build that connection, and we will be able to have that spiritual connection. It is a given that if we invest the time, God will come and he will dwell within us. He will empower us to live a more spiritual way of life. That is the promise. So let's just go back a little bit in history and talk about the story of the building of the first temple. The first temple was built by King Solomon. And King Solomon was the son of King David. The truth is that King David was the one that actually wanted to build the temple. And God told him that because he was involved in war so much that he would not be able to build the, the temple. And one of the opinions, one of the understandings are that since his hands were filled with blood, that he, would, he was in battle, the temple, which is a place which builds peace, would not be, be, able, would not be able to be built by someone whose hands were filled with, who were, were, had blood on them. A deeper understanding is based on the concept which Haman, our sages tell us, Haman was discussing with King uh, Ahasuerus. So basically Haman told King Ahasuerus it would be a terrible thing if the Jews rebuilt the temple. So basically the temple had been destroyed and the Jews wanted to rebuild it and Ahasuerus was in charge at the time. Haman went up to him and said it would be a terrible thing if you allowed the Jews to be, rebuild the temple. And that is because 
the Jews, the way the temple functioned was if the Jews wanted to go out in war, they'd go into the temple, they'd do their magic in the temple and would be able to be successful militarily outside with tremendous capacity. And he said, you cannot allow them to do that because you give them the, if you allow the Jews to build a temple, then they will be very powerful. It will be very dangerous. Which is, is a fascinating concept. And perhaps we can take this, this concept across. Yeah, absolutely. From a spiritual perspective, we believe that when the Jews are in touch or connected with our spiritual side, with our connection with God, then we'll be successful in whatever endeavor we, we go out. Um, and perhaps this is the concept of what, the reason why David was not allowed to rebuild the temple. Perhaps the message that God was giving was that the temple needed to be built with the pure motive of being able to have a sanctuary for God. It was not built for someone who's got a military power and needs to defend, defeat his, his enemies, and therefore he's building a temple. A temple needs to be built, or a sanctuary needs to be built for the sake of heaven. It needs to be built for the correct reason. One of the, um, the so the, the temple is a, the san, this sanctuary, there were different canaan, uh, there were different vessels that were in it, and the people that worked and that serviced in the temple were the Kohanim, the priests, the high priest, the, high, the Kohen Gadol. He had special clothes, and one of his clothes was called the breastplate, and it had on it uh, 12 precious stones, which were phenomenally expensive. And on each stone were written a name of the 12 tribes of Israel. And when the Jewish nation were not sure and needed guidance, they would ask from, they were called the Urim Batumim, this breastplate, and the, the answer would shine forth from the stones of the breastplate, and they'd work them out. These stones were donated by the Nassim, the princes of the Jewish nation, which were the hierarchy, the highest of the hierarchy within the Jewish nation. Now, when, our, when the Torah tells us about the donations, the donation of the stones are mentioned last. And this is what happened. What happened was Moshe came to the Jewish nation and said, God commanded us to build a sanctuary. I want everyone to make donations. And what the Nassim, what the princes did, they said, that's such a great idea. You know what we commit? We will cover anything that is lacking that needs to be donated. So what happened was the Jewish nation, which is like a dream for any fundraiser, can you imagine someone who's fundraising and someone comes up to him and says, I'll cover whatever deficit you have. You go and do your fundraising campaign and whatever you're lacking, I'll, I'll cover that. Um, so we th one would think that these princes that are making this donation, they're covering it, they, pay, they, they donated these stones, which are a huge expense. We think that that is so precious. And our sages tell us that the reason why they're mentioned last is because they were the least significant of the entire donation. Because what needed to happen was ultimately everyone came and brought and donated towards the building of the sanctuary. When someone donates, it's going to depend on the heart of the donor. 
when we donate from a spiritual perspective, it, so much more that counts is not how much we give, but with what intention we give. And the words in the Torah are, from each person whose heart enables him to donate. This concept that when we give needs to be attached a heart to that donation. When we give, we're able to influence our money to its spiritual level. We all agree that donating money is a, is a beautiful thing. It's a, spiritual, a special thing. It's a spiritual thing. The question is, are we able to actually take something that is, that is inanimate money and have an influence on it? And, our te- uh, and that's what we learn from this week's Torah portion is that we can absolutely affect the spiritual aspect of something that is inanimate. When the Jewish nation came and donated towards the temple, it says, from each person whose heart drove them to donate. And they were, they were blessed and they were successful. And their donations built the sanctuary. The Nesim, these people, the princes who wanted to cover the, the deficit, because they were not so excited at the initial fundraiser, they didn't come and say, hey, we're going to donate the, 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 the stones for the breastplate. We're going to, we're going, they were not excited. They came and said, we'll cover the deficit, even though it was a huge amount. That does not have as much of an impression with regards to the spiritual value of the donation. God doesn't care about the amount that we give. He cares so much more about the message behind when we give it and how we give. And it's something that's so important to remember. We can give, we can care for charity, we can influence, we can use our money with tremendous power. And it's so important to utilize that heart behind the donation. It's not so much about the number. It's so much more about the intention behind it. When we give even to that guy that's on the street and we give them a dollar or five dollars or whatever it may be, but we give it with a smile and we intentionally, you know, act from a perspective of like, what an opportunity I have and I want to help you and have a great day. That is where it counts. It counts about that intention. So, in summary, we want to just remember those two things. Number one, the concept of building our own sanctuary within our home, within ourselves, within our time. Creating time for spirituality. Creating time, creating that space for our own little temple within ourselves. And God says, I will come and dwell within you if we make that space for it. And then number two, also to remember that intention. The temple needs to be built with pure intention. The donations should be with good intention, with pure intention. God cares so much more about about the intention behind a donation versus the donation itself. I thank you all for listening, and I wish you an amazing day and an amazing week. Thank you. You've been listening to... 
another edition of Torah and Tequila with me, Rabbi Gadi Lili. I thank you for joining me, and I hope to be in touch with you guys again. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out and email me at rabbig at lechaimcenter.org. Have a great day.